0: Welcome to another episode of Sex, Love, and Injectables. I'm your host, Heather, and I'm so glad to be back in the studio. I know it doesn't seem like I was gone because you guys listened to the episode last week with Tiffany. But if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I went through a little bit of family trauma. I lost... My mother and uh, and me and her, her and I were estranged, so it was kind of a difficult situation, but one that I think is important to bring up to everybody because it was an unexpected feeling of loss. I kind of felt like it would have been easier to deal with, but it turns out whenever you like put trauma underneath the rug... And something happens, eventually it'll weigh you down and it'll come out in the most crazy, unexpected manner. So I just wanted to put that out there. I know it's super, super transparent and kind of deep for sex, love injectables. But just want to thank everybody that was there for me with your messages and your phone calls and your gifts. I got so many bottles of wine, definitely coped in different ways that I didn't expect it. So I just want to thank you guys for being there for me. But we are back with sex love. And injectables, the Enneagram series is still going on. We're almost done with it, which is crazy. Uh, there's nine different types. Today, we're talking about type seven, and I think I have the best type seven in here. Her name is Stacy. And I'm so excited to have you on. Please give us a little introduction because I was trying to think of a way to introduce you, but you do so much that I'm like, I'm going to fail miserably at this. <laughs> so I'm just going to let you take lead on that. Okay. My name is Stacey Danford
1: and I'm an educational neuroscientist. And I always say I'm the world's happiest, funnest neuroscientist. And I teach people about what their brain does. And the Enneagram is really closely associated with your brain.
0: Yeah, so I was very excited whenever I first started to talk to you about possibly coming on the show as a guest, and as I asked you if you wanted to wait for the Enneagram series to finish or if you wanted to jump into it, and you'd mentioned that you... I mean, it's part of your teaching, isn't it? Yes, it is. Which is great for me because as my listeners know, I just, I barely scratched the surface on Enneagram. I am by no means an expert. Probably am not qualified to talk about it. So I've been learning as I go, but I enjoy it. And I think I kind of just give a lighter version of it and hopefully make people laugh. Sometimes I make people (laughs) cringe a little bit. Um, It's just, it's been interesting. So this is going to be the easiest show for me because I want to hear all about sevens and who best to explain it than somebody that's like an expert in the field. So yeah, I will do my best
1: to explain a seven. Yeah, I can't (laughs) wait. So
0: we've been following this book by Suzanne Stabot. I think I've been mispronouncing her name the entire time. So I apologize every time. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. (sighs) Suzanne (laughs) Stabot.
0: See, I'm that person that I I swear to you, I'm still learning the English language. Like, I will always mispronounce an English word, but I say it with such conviction that people question, like, Am I saying have, it wrong? Have I been saying it wrong all these days? Maybe I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> so, okay. So we did, okay. Type one's perfectionist. Type two seem to be the people pleasers. They can't really say no, which was great because I found more than one guess because they were like, yeah, I uh, guess I'm going to do it. Uh, and then type three, myself, we're like the shapeshifter, we're the go-getter, but we want people to tell us how awesome we are all the time, which I was kind of like, oh man, I'm that. Yeah. A that's lot of, me. almost
1: every three doesn't want to be a three. They think that yes. it's like oh, there's so many bad things about it, but really, threes have lots of great things too.
0: And I think I think the healthy version of three is great. I think the unhealthy version of three is very narcissistic. And <laughs> and I I related. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I think I can relate to that. Um, and then type four is, Correct me if I'm wrong. They're more of the the grass is always greener on the other side. They're the the dreamer you know, they, they're always looking for something better. And there's lots of artists that are sevens and they
1: tend to, they desire to feel special and really fours are the the least common of all the Enneagram types. Okay. And they want to feel special, but they hardly ever do. Right. So they live their life a little bit kind of melancholy.
0: I mean, I rode the struggle bus because that was an episode that I was speaking by myself. And so I was really trying to to give everybody a good picture of the four, but I don't relate to them. And and I have have a best friend that's one, but I just, I've never been in her shoes. So it was so hard that I'm sure everybody else is just like, I don't know if I'm going to listen to this whole episode. (laughs) And then, then fives I have no friends that are fives. Oh, really? I have a lot of five friends. Do you? I'm I'm interested to know more about that because when I was reading through, I was like, man, they live their life. Like, this is how my life is gonna. I'm gonna wake up at five o'clock and then at five oh two, I'm gonna brush my teeth. Um, so and then six was with Tiffany Blackman and she kind of gave a good spiel on, on what sixes are. So my husband's a six, too. Okay. I like it. And yeah, so now we're at seven. So I think. I think I'm kind of getting it. Like I'm to the point in Enneagram where I feel like when people don't know what they are, I'm like, you're definitely, you're a number eight. You know, like my boss for sure. Is an eight total eight she doesn't want to talk about emotions she just wants you to do your job uh-huh. and I'm like but I want to talk about me uh-huh. like I need affirmation <laughs> so I'm actually gonna try to get her to come on uh the show next week because she's an eight and I just feel like we're gonna just hound each other which should be entertaining so anyway tell me tell me a little bit about what sevens are just Right in, off the bat. In general.
1: Uh, my friends say I'm the seven of seven that ever seven. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I, sevens are the entertainers. They're playful. They're fun. They're spontaneous. We live our lives based on experience. And uh-huh. so everything is judged on, was this a fun experience, a bad experience, you know, good, bad, ugly, whatever. We always are judging things based on experience. But our greatest fear is being deprived of an experience or okay. being left out. And we avoid pain at all cost whatsoever because that would not be a good experience. That's, yeah, that's yeah. not fun. So we will go out of our way and in, in overdo, and lots of sevens are scattered. We overindulge in all kinds of things because we think that might be fun. That might be fun. Oh, that would be fun.
0: So and, like never really... As, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but never really like a feeling of complete satisfaction because you're trying to find the next fun time. Yes. And a lot of times sevens,
1: like before I understood what the brain was that I can tell you, I've been married a jillion times and you're you're always looking for happiness somewhere, something, some and you don't relatable. Yeah. You don't realize that it's actually within yourself. And so once you become a healthy version of seven, you can create your own experiences. But until you kind of realize how
0: your brains work, you you look for happiness everywhere and everything. Now, going back, because you said something that I got to re-ask. So married a gazillion times. Yes. How many times? Five. That's, I mean, good for you, honestly, for getting out of the unhappy ones and trying again. Yeah. I told on
1: Tiffany's podcast, I was married three times by the time I was 21. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And coming from a small town, like everybody got married right out of school you right, know? and right. I knew it wasn't going to work. I was like, I don't even want to be married, but like, I didn't know how to stop it. It's a fun time. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> okay, it's going to be fun. Big yeah. wedding. And I didn't understand really what the whole thing commitment thing was. And that sounds kind of naive and stupid, but you, I didn't, I did, you I just thought said, We're you make me happy. Oh, okay. I'll pick you. Right. And as somebody who came from an alcoholic family and I'm lines of addictions on my dad's side of the family. Yes. And so I was looking for happiness. Now I get it. Ugh. I was looking for it in the eyes of someone else. And yes. so like, oh, you make me feel good about myself. Okay. I love you. And I didn't really understand what love was and how it worked. and bizarre.
0: I'm, you just, I'm, I'm triggered <laughs> because I, I think you and I relate on that level. Cause I come from a similar background, lots of addiction, lots of just childhood trauma. And so whenever you get older, you're not necessarily worrying so much about that person's quality and how they match yours. No. And, and a lot of the times you get the really bad guy that really just knows exactly what to say to get you. And then then you're you're all in the same mess again. Yeah. Yeah. Because our our brains follow patterns. And that's
1: what I study in my business is what what patterns is your brain following? And then I can I now look back and can watch what my brain did all this time. And it would be sad. And then it would find a way to feel better. And then it would start to slowly go away, go away. And then somebody would promise me, oh, I'll never do that again. And then I'd be right back in it.
0: Yeah, because you want to you want to see the best in people. So it so is some of that part of a seven trait, or that's that's my confusion with with Enneagram is, you know, you have these life experiences, but then you have your Enneagram. Enneagram type.
1: Well, every Enneagram type experiences the experience in a different way. Okay. So like you can take, say your dog got ran over. And a two who is longs for love, they long to get love and give love. For them, that's the most traumatic thing because they lost the love of their pet. Right. And not that a seven doesn't love their pet, but when my dog died, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose out on all that he used to ride in the car with me. And so I thought of experiences and that's just the way my brain is wired, but every brain, if you lay the Enneagram on top of the brain and you just flip it on top of there, it matches exactly to the location of the brain where the Enneagram numbers that are. That is crazy. Yeah, That's why I love it. Fascinating. So,
0: so tell me if I'm wrong. If I lose my dog, my brain immediately goes to what dog am I, am I going uh, to next? get next? Yes. And so, <laughs> so you're terrible. making a plan
1: and you're just moving straight ahead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's like my boyfriends, too. If I lose one of those, I'm like, what guy am I going to get? next? Yeah, where am I, I going to find another one? <laughs> Ooh, oh, my gosh. I'm triggered. I'm sorry, all the guys out there that are listening that I've dated. <laughs> I mean, that's probably half of the listeners by now. So, OK, so you have as a seven, you have a number that you go to when you're your healthiest which is, which number? For me,
1: I tend to, I don't know. I, I never really understand exactly what I do. And I'm kind of still trying to figure myself out right. a little bit. But I know I become a one when I'm not my best self. Okay. And when I am my best, I it kind of vary. But I a lot of the times I do become a five. And I.
0: And that's probably why you have a lot, a of, lot friends of friends that are, that are five. Fives. Okay.
1: And uh, a five is a hoarder. And they hoard resources. And I have a really, really good friend that's a five. And she's also an introvert. And so now, like, when she's tired, she's going to bed. Isn't that most fives? And yes. And even though, and I at first was like, what? We're having so much fun. Because for me, it's all about fun and the experience is great. And I would stay up all night if somebody said it was fun. (laughs) And she's like, no, I've got to go to bed. Because she needs to have her energy for tomorrow. Right. And they... She has a plan. Yes. And I have a son that's a five. And he will study everything there is to know about that one thing before he'll really say anything about it. Because he doesn't want to be perceived as somebody that doesn't have all the
0: information. Right. Lots and lots of professors are fives. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, I I'm not going to lie. I totally rag on the fives, but I am the complete version. I'm a 3 wing 2. So I do have that love for people and wanting to help people, but definitely I'm like all over the place. Yes. But shape shifter. So if I ever get face to face with a five, I'll be like yeah, I like to-do lists. I kind of do that. But I think I have 10 to-do lists. Like, I like the idea of purchasing one and, like, marking things off the list. But then, you know, it's it's always a half-empty planner. And see, as a a seven
1: who is really working hard to be on the healthy side. I have learned a to-do list actually helps me function better because I am a bouncer. I go from one shiny thing to the next shiny thing and I never finish anything. Yes. And so when I have it like right there in front of me on a piece of paper, I'm like, okay, Stacey, keep it together, girl. Like in all focus, focus, focus.
0: We do share that in common. I don't, I have a very difficult time focusing and my brain I feel like is the windows the twenty window tabs open on a computer. <laughs> yes. And at any point I'm gonna click on one and I'll be on it for two minutes and then you're off. Then I'm like, what am I doing uh-huh. right now? And I'll be on Amazon. Yes. It makes no sense. So I like to correlate the Enneagram numbers for relationships too, partly because if you've if you've ever listened to my podcast, you know that something that I struggle with is relationships. And, and and this probably has a lot to do with my background. And I've, I feel like I'm on a journey of growth and just becoming the best version of myself, but you know how that journey goes. It's like, you're doing great. And then all of a sudden you're in the Valley and you're like, what What happened? happened? (laughs) For example. So I think last week, or maybe the week before I was talking about how like I was in this dating situation, really great. And I felt like, you know, this is the one that I'm going to put my wall down. Cause I normally do have a wall up, I'm going to put my wall down. I'm going to open up. I'm going to be vulnerable. And, and I did. And then, you know, a couple weeks into it, I get the whole conversation of, it, it, you know, the things start to distance uh-huh. a little bit and I get the conversation of, so it's not you. It's It's me me. and I just don't feel like I can give you 110% right now and I'm just not ready for a relationship. And I'm like, this is why I have my wall up. So anyways, that's just like a side story because I wanted to talk about it just in case he listened. (laughs) Um, But anyways, so I like to correlate uh, the Enneagram to different numbers and like just verbatim, but if you feel the need to Talk and see how you can relate because you said your husband was a six. six. Okay, let me know because I'm curious and I'm curious to see what threes are because I think I told you this is probably my least planned podcast just because of all of the 2020 crap that's been going on. It's it's a Jumanji game. 2020 is a Jumanji game. Where October tomorrow is tomorrow. I'm kind of (laughs) nervous of what's gonna happen, so I'm kind of you know just steadily putting one foot in front of the other. So anyway, so sevens and ones. Sevens can learn from observing ones in relation to boundaries, self-control, and completing tasks. And so you said when you're stressed, you go to to a a one. one. Okay. And I start telling everybody what they're doing wrong. And
1: one's like right and wrong, and that's it. And and my son, my little son, because I have a 31-year-old, a 27-year-old, and a 12-year-old. I love it. And so my 12-year-old will go, Mom, you're doing that thing again. no! And I was like, really? And he said, yes, you get mean. And you start telling everybody all the stuff they're doing wrong. And I'm like, I'm not mean. But I notice now when he says that, I'm acting very one-ish.
0: I swear on oath that was my ex-husband. But there's no good way for me to be like, can you take this Enneagram? Uh Uh-huh for our co-parenting. <laughs> yeah, just just so I know how to communicate with you. Um, okay, so sevens and twos, sevens need a lot more freedom than twos in relationships. Twos will need to be more trusting and sevens will need to work on sharing their plans, where they'll be, what they'll be doing and when they'll be available. And I hate that. It makes so much sense though, after talking to you. When
1: people start asking me a bunch of questions, I start shutting down. Yeah. Because for me, you're ruining my experience. You're ruining my good time. And I don't know what I'm going (laughs) to do or how long I'm going to be there. It depends on how fun it is. Exactly. And I I might might stay there. Yeah. And my mother is a two. And she loves to love, but she also wants you to give it correctly. And she asks a thousand questions. And so I've learned how to relate to her better. And I used to talk to her every other day or every few days. And now I call her every day. And so she it. asked me way less questions and she'll, she's gotten to where she said, you don't know, do you? And I'm like, no, mom, I don't know. And I don't See? care. I don't want to know because it weights me down. Yes. Sevens hate all that
0: information. But that's why I'm such a huge advocate for even if you're not the number that I'm talking about. You should still listen because, you know, you understand why your mom is the way she is. And it kind of allows you to take a step back and be like, okay, this is what I need to do. So I don't like want to chew glass. (laughs) 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 All right. So sevens and threes. Okay, so threes myself, sevens and threes need to be aware of a difference that might be mistaken for sameness, which uh, uh I'm like. You are me. I am yes. you. Sevens don't like to limit personal options. Threes don't like to limit how many hours they will work. That makes so much yes. sense because, yeah, sometimes you're probably the person that you'd be like, Heather, we got to go to this event. It's at four. And I'm like, but I... I got to work. So the fun time doesn't necessarily matter as much to me. Whereas you might be more inclined to be like, I'm going to figure out a way to to do this. And when I first did the test
1: years and years ago, I thought I was a three. And right. cause I do, they're very, I do think they're very similar because mm-hmm. I can get a lot of stuff done and you want me to do something. I'm your girl On it. I can clean that whole garage and have it packed and ready and cleaned and organized and by tomorrow. Right. And my husband, who's a six, it'll take him literally four years. And
0: I'm like, You're are you sure that's not just a little trait?
1: Me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's just a six trait. I feel like I've, I've heard this before. Yes. <laughs> this is very true. So, okay. So sevens and fours. Fours and sevens are more alike than we might think. In fact, it's very difficult to tell them apart as children, but they present as opposites in adulthood because of their respective emotional preferences. Fours see the glass as half empty. Sevens see it as half full. If they're willing to honor their differences while trying to bridge them, they have a lot to offer one another. And
1: poor fours. I know. I feel bad. for. And I have several clients who are fours. And I can tell you, I can only stay around them for small periods of time because they drain me of energy.
0: I feel the I'm like, I consider myself empath because I I do feel different energies and certain people do if they they just negative.
1: And they don't mean to because for them, they feel better around a seven and they gravitate towards sevens and threes. That makes sense. Because you're
0: filling them up and you're giving them energy, but they're stealing it from you. My mind is blown Uh right now. I feel like that's so true. So the person that I'm thinking is my best friend. And every time we would hang out, she would say, I just feel so much better when I'm around Mm -hmm. you. And then I'm like, I feel so tired. Tired. Yes. (laughs) That's also an empath
1: trait too. Yes, But it's very similar about, with your Enneagram number, certain numbers build you up and certain numbers suck you dry. Yeah. Love you though. Yeah. If you're listening, I still love you.
0: <laughs> All right. So sevens and fives, one of the reasons sevens and fives can so successfully connect is that they share a line on the Enneagram. That means they can see themselves in the other, both appreciate adventure and are easily bored with repetition. That's a good place to keep coming back to I feel like that's kind of like, didn't we just... I don't know, aren't fives good with repetition? They like it, but they like it
1: the way they want it. I see. And okay. it, if it's someone else's version of the rules, like
0: they kind of balk at that. They're like, yeah, "No, and because they like they think they know a better way." That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So sixes and sevens. So in looking, and this is Tiffany Blackman. She's a six. In looking to the future, sevens and sixes usually see things differently. Sevens tend to imagine it better than it will be, while sixes anticipate it being worse than it will, than it will likely be. Both can benefit from a more balanced perspective of the future. So they kind of like expect the worst. Yeah. Hope and that's my husband, one thousand percent. And
1: I, the, I always tell everybody when I learned about my brain, and then when I learned about the enneagram in the brain, I understood so many relationships, and I understood why I sucked at them for forty nine years. Right? Because I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea my brain was following a pattern over and over and over. Oh my gosh! And now that I get it, I can feel myself getting in that. Oh my gosh, your sickness. Is driving That's, me nuts. Yeah. And so we have like a code word at our house. It's leprechaun. And so, so when my husband is acting super sexy and I'm yeah. like, leprechaun, leprechaun. And so my my little son and, and my husband both will tell me, leprechaun, leprechaun. That's so cute. Yeah. yeah.
0: My code <laughs> word for my ex was just asshole. So... <laughs> It wasn't very healthy, (laughs) hence why you should never take advice, relationship advice for me. I don't condone it. All right. So sevens and sevens. So this is if you were just in the room with somebody that was you. Sevens fear, commitment, routine, predictability. Sevens in relationship with other sevens will find limitations challenging. So I just imagine that it I don't know. I feel like it'd be a fun time all the time if you're with a seven. But it's super tiring because I have some friends that are sevens
1: and we wear each other out. I bet. And we never get anything accomplished because we just yeah. bounce from here to here to here to, here to here. I can imagine that you're
0: like, let's go here. Uh-huh. This looks fun. No, let's and go here. And then we're here, like, oh, that'd fun. be
1: fine. Let's paint this wall. And then we're halfway painting the wall. And we're like, oh, we need new furniture. Yeah. And we'll go get furniture. And then we never finish painting the wall. And then
0: I can we're rearranging that.
1: a drawer. And then like we've got a mess everywhere.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: It's, yeah. it's a mess. My friend's are seven.
0: <laughs> like, we try. We, we try, but we, we make a lot of mess. So. Oh, man. Okay, so um, sevens and eights. Sevens think and then do. Eights do and then think. Be careful with this dynamic in relationships. I feel like that's her saying it's not going to work uh, out. It butts heads. And I'm yeah. a seven with an eight wing. And I get very
1: bulldozer-y and I yes. just start plowing over people, especially when I think they're not going to do it right or I've given them a chance to do it right and they didn't do it right I never ask you twice how do you feel about group projects I hate them and I end up doing them all (laughs) I do it all I do too because I'm like you're not going to do it right you're not going to do it right if I see somebody start something and I'm like oh okay all right that's a good idea and I trust them for a second and then they let me down I'm like see
0: I I I should have done this the first time (laughs) I get that okay and then sevens and nines so sevens and nines offer one and one another a unique kind of balance because sevens love options and nines find too many choices to be paralyzing Uh and I know one nine he would never be on the show because I feel like all nines want to avoid conflict at all costs so I'm probably going to be the the only person doing that show again. But yeah, I, I think they're so sweet, but they're probably so sweet because I'm so like all over the place and they're just like, mm-hmm. and they stress out a lot because yeah. they want
1: everything to be peaceful and calm and they feel like it's their job to keep it that way. And a lot of them have heart attacks, stress, which is kind of opposite because they're the peacemaker. But when right. things aren't peaceful, they force the
0: peace. They they stress yeah. out. That makes and sense. And it's super hard for them to just chill and let things be. Yeah. I can, I can see that looking mm-hmm. back on that relationship. It wasn't even a relationship. I do that a lot. I'm like, but it, we didn't even break up because we weren't together. together. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's totally fine. So, okay. So that's sevens in relationships. So what would you say would be your best advice for somebody who's a seven that may be struggling? What kind of inner work do you have to work on to be the best version of a seven of a possible? Seven first of all, I think it's super important that you
1: understand how you relate to those other numbers because sevens are very dominant and they tend to be the person in the room that has the most energy and they get the most attention. And sometimes you overshadow people. And if you have, you know, quieter people in your life and you need to be aware that you're perceived that way. And I have people tell me all the time, Oh my God, you're so intimidating. And I'm like, what are you? I mean, I'm like the funnest person ever, Yeah, but it's because of my energy. So it's so healthy for you to kind of check that every now and like, okay, rain it in, rain it in. Yeah. And it's very important to know what you do when you're stressed and what you do when you're healthy. So you can, move yourself that direction a little bit more when you're starting to be that unhealthy version. And I know myself so well. And like, I've taken the month of October off pretty much. And because I know I'm burnt out and I've been speaking and going places and working on writing a book and teaching online courses. And I was like, I feel my energy gone right? because sevens give all of themselves yes. at all times i we will can relate on yeah that i'll never half-ass anything ever like right. i'm all in no matter what it is even if i suck at it i'm all in and i know that i will not be my best self going forward until i take some time yeah, for myself. your
0: bandwidth gets stretched yes. out man
1: i feel that too it's like a power surge and my breaker blew and i just yeah. kept going
0: i know my boss is coming on next week but um I'm just going to be like, Hey, I'm going to take October off. Is that okay? (laughs) She'd be like, no, no, no. that's not okay. Definitely. No. All right. Well, cool. Well, I, I appreciate you being on and talking about Enneagram because honestly, it has been so fascinating for me to like scrape the surface. And the more I get into it, the more mind blown I become. So I definitely want to have you on the show again, just to talk more about what you do. So I just guess lastly, I just kind of want to talk. This is selfish. So sorry in advance. (laughs) But I was talking to one of my friends and talking about, you know, the non-committal, didn't want to be in a relationship bullshit, which I feel like I'm like the failure to launch person. Like then they get a girlfriend after me and I'm like, what did I do? Uh, How did I do this? How did I do this? But he said, You have you have a type. And you know, unfortunately, empaths attract narcissistic people and because they know what to say to get Get your weakness Mm -hmm. and you know, for me, especially when you have those voids from childhood, all you want is somebody to love you and just give you some attention, especially if you're three. And so, you know, I get into these relationships that really aren't very fulfilling, but initially it's like that the biggest high ever. Yeah. So how how do you go back and doing what you do? Cause I'm sure that this I mean, is this kind of what you do? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm gonna call you later. Okay. <laughs> um, but I feel like this this is what I do. How do you acknowledge or how do you figure out your pattern and then how do you change it because i've learned that it's not a physical pattern that right. i'm doing but literally every guy is doing the same thing right and it's all all
1: enneagram numbers have your your pain and your trauma so your traumas of your past are locked into your brain for the age for which the trauma occurred so and your brain never gets any older than that at that trauma okay. so like in most of our traumas are from age seven and under so mm-hmm. we don't even really know they're there but our brain is triggered by them yeah so people that were abused people that had you know something somebody died or we're in a car wreck or your house caught on fire whatever it is your brain locks that trauma in 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 the limbic center of your brain and it will never go away. So you've got right. to learn what your <laughs> triggers are and like I know my biggest trigger is rejection. Same. And yeah, feel and that comes from being a child of
0: abandonment. Addicts. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And it, it happened. And so when I feel un, unimportant and invisible, I catch myself every time and I'm like, oh my gosh, there I go again.
0: I turn into like a stage 10 psycho clinger. Yes. And it's
1: because you are longing for your brain is going away from pain and toward pleasure at all times, right. all the time. And you've got to learn how to give your brain its own pleasure so that you won't look for it in someone else. You have to find it in yourself, in yourself. But it's all about the brain chemicals. And what your brain does when it meets someone new is it, there's four chemicals of the happiness. And it's, if you remember the acronym D O S E dose Mm -hmm. and it's dopamine, oxytocin, Mm -hmm. serotonin, and endorphins. Yes. Well, new people give you all four of those at one time. And so does a new car. So does a new purse. So does, and
0: I love new things. Yes. (laughs) And
1: we think that the thing made us happy, right? But the, Thing induced the chemical and the chemical made you happy. So if you learn how to give yourself the chemicals, then you no longer need the things
0: how do you figure out what to do to do that for yourself? That's
1: when, um, I teach a class on that. (laughs) It's (laughs) called chemical soup, but I I can tell you for 49 years of my life, I was constantly looking for happiness in someone else's eyes. And on my 49th birthday, I told a room full of people, this was going to be the best year of my life. And I was going to do one crazy thing every month of my 49th birthday, two days or two weeks later, my husband left me and I was like,
0: what? This is how it's supposed
1: to yeah, be. Yeah, and I never saw it coming. I mean, we'd been married ten years. We had a baby at right. in our forties. You know, I'm like, this is this is the end of my crazy, <laughs> and I I was devastated. And then I realized, oh my God, Stacy, you picked someone to fill a void. No wonder it wasn't a real thing. The void is, you know, gone, and now it, poof, there now my what? life went. Yeah. So I can tell you this relationship. Is the first one I ever picked as a healthy version of myself, but don't wait until you're 50 to do it. I
0: mean, no, I mean, sometimes, (laughs) because I mean, a lot of my clients are fifties and sixties and they're dating and loving their life. Meanwhile, I'm in my thirties thinking like, no, I need to find somebody now or I'm going to be alone forever. You will not.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. At 50, I met. The love of my life. And now that I'm a healthy me, I can catch my patterns. And I know what I do. And I know when I start getting stressed out, I know I tend to go shopping. That's my vice. Me too. And I... Think. Why am I shopping? And so I start asking my brain the questions, and questions will move your trigger back to your prefrontal cortex, which is where gotcha. thinking and reasoning and judgment. But when we're in an emotional frenzy, which love does and infatuation, we're not. We're not thinking at all, no. and so we block out all their stupid qualities. That's yes. why you don't see them. I know. And after the chemical wears off, and they're not giving you the oxytocin, you see clearly,
0: and you're like. You're an idiot. Like, I do that <laughs> every time. I'm like, I look back and I'm like, why did you? How what was I, I thinking? Yeah. So that makes sense. So it's it's similar to, it, it sounds like almost like the law of attraction, right? Yes. So if you're the best version of yourself, then those you healthier versions are going to yes. come. That's why I'm getting all the shit. There you go. Shitstorm 2020. When I you, understand now. When you get a... And it's because your brain is wired for efficiency. And so right. it
1: loves to go down the same path it did before, because then it doesn't have to create any new yeah, wiring. you
0: know what to expect.
1: And it's like, oh, yeah, you pick a loser. Oh, you'll be having a great time. Oh, yeah, get ready. <laughs> Five months from now, he'll be gone. Is
0: there is there a time frame that you tell people that are, for for like for myself, that I'm aware that I have some growth to do? And I feel like I've actually done a lot of growth, but... To actually do the steps to become the healthiest version, how do you know when you're at that place where you're like, okay, I'm I'm ready to start bringing in all the winners now? I think when you make less bad decisions
1: <laughs> than than you did before, because like I know now, like I'll catch myself, like it, especially I don't know what it is about Target. I swear there's cocaine in the there ventilation is. system. Yes, <laughs> and I'll have my buggy like full. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Stacey, what are you doing it again? Because it's amazing. It is. And it feels good. And I remember somebody sent me a meme that said, I went to Target and found nothing. Said no one ever. Said
0: Nobody. (laughs) There was, okay. I don't know if you remember this. There was one time in my life that I went to Target and I walked out with nothing. Nothing. And it was whenever the whole computer system was shut down. (laughs) I don't know. Like, and I think it was like a nationwide thing. But I literally was, only and time. I waited in line, like, please get just the for computer on an hour because I was like, <laughs> I found like, I need these things. And I think I got mad at them because I'm like, well, can I Venmo you guys? Uh, like, yeah. no, 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 you can't Venmo. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. So, okay. Well, that's good to know because that's kind of where I'm at in my journey. Like after that situation happened, I was like, okay, I need to just fall back. Cause I had, you get so many like like suitors texting mm-hmm. you. And a lot of them will text you and you know that they're not good for you, but you just text back feeling to keep a need. the yeah. communication going mm-hmm. just for conversation. So it, it almost like gives me that goal to just feel like, hey, I am not in a position to date right now. I'm working on myself. But even then they still don't care. Uh-uh. They'll still text you. But if it makes you feel good, stop and ask yourself why. Is
1: it because somebody... Like noticed you? Is it because somebody bought you something? There's always a reason. And that's where your trigger lies with whatever it was that made you feel good about yourself. And I know mine because I've always felt invisible my whole life as a kid. And which is crazy because my mother is literally the most loving, kind, wonderful person. But I remember when my brother was born, he's four years younger than me. And my mom gave me a perm. And you know, that was back in the 60s. Yeah. And so and it was crazy and it fried my hair and it was all burnt. And I, I remember thinking my mom made me ugly, so nobody will love me anymore. And everybody was coming to the house to see my brother, you know, he was a baby. And I remember thinking I'm invisible and no one talked to me anymore, you know, cause they were coming to see a brand new, but right. now as a grown person, I get it. And you I think back and that's the dumbest it. thinking ever but it the trauma is locked for the age for which the trauma occurred. So my 4-year-old self still comes out. I can relate. And that. with every dumb boyfriend, every person I've ever had when I feel invisible, I would take Jack the Ripper. If he would make yes. me feel better and make me
0: no longer feel invisible, I, you're you're my dude. I feel the same. It's it's funny how that How relatable that is, because to this day, I can tell you, like, if I'm in a bar or happy hour, I never get approached by guys. And I think I was trying to think about it. I'm like, maybe it's because I kind of hide and I'm very introverted as well. But maybe I'm also just thinking that way because that's how I felt. You know, as yeah. a child, as well. Invisible. And and I will admit, like, there was one time when we went to Chicago this past weekend, me and my brother and I went to a restaurant, and I turned my head and I caught this guy, like, looking at me. And instead of, like, looking and smiling, I, like, threw my arms up, like, what the hell are you looking at? <laughs> so that could be the problem, too. That might be. <laughs> like, why am I the way that I am? So, all right. Well, I appreciate you. I'll pay you for this uh, therapy session Another. later. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would love to have you come back on again in November because yes. after your break in October, and just kind of dive in. And I'm I'm looking forward to diving into more of what you do because I really think that I think everybody would benefit from learning the patterns of the brain. Yes. So tell everybody just so that they know where to follow you, where your Instagram is, your website, just everything because everybody needs. Stacy in their life.
1: Okay. You can find me at my website is thegratefulbrain.com. And on my website, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It's free. And I give brain tips every week about what to simple strategies. I, I'm a firm believer and if you can't make it work, it's not gonna work for you. So I give tips on there. Uh, there's a free Facebook group on there where I go live and I teach people about their brain. And you can also sign up for my course on there, Chemical Soup, and I teach people about the chemicals and how to get them yourself instead of Letting weirdos give them to you.
0: Present. <laughs> that is. What I and so many of my followers need because anytime I write a post about this, I get so many messages from girls that are like, Me too. too. And and I can tell you,
1: it's so I have so many clients that tell me the exact same story. And it's so sad that as girls we look for our value in other people's eyes. Yeah. Instead of seeing it in our own.
0: And if we can figure that out, then you know, then yeah. they just come to us. And finally Man, and- I can't wait till that song It's random Men actually comes true in my life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and my Instagram is Stacy Danford, Stacy with an i.
0: Love it. Well, thank you so much again for joining. It it was really it was an awesome learning opportunity and I am very excited to do some brain work for myself and I'm excited for the followers to do it as well. Um, if you guys aren't following my Instagram what are you even doing with your life? I mean, honestly, I bet you are because that's that's how you know that this podcast exists. But if not, make sure you follow at injector underscore Heather, go onto iTunes, leave a review for the podcast. That's how you can keep this thing going. Uh, We're going to be talking type eight next week. And then we're going to finish up with type nine. And then at the end, we're going to do a show just to kind of summarize everything. And then I don't know what we're going to do next. I feel like another dating disaster episode is going to come because I've been really holding back and trying not to talk about my dating disasters for the sake of the Enneagram. However, I got some for you guys. So just prepare for that. Anyway, I look forward to talking with you guys again next week on Sex, Love, and Injectables. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.